All information contained in this podcast is general in nature and does not consider your individual circumstances. You should consider the appropriateness of this information with regards to your individual objectives, financial situation and needs. Welcome to Sharing More Than The Sheets, a podcast to help you and your partner make better financial and lifestyle decisions so that you can both focus on the things that you love. I'm your host, Michael Curry, financial planner, green thumb, husband, and just dad. Today, I wanted to talk about the steps of moving from an employee to becoming self-employed and having your own business. Essentially, another way to explain it is going from having a safe, secure job with a consistent income and potentially going from a position that you've always been in for a very long time to moving to something which is in a way the complete opposite of all that. Our last four episodes have been all about career change, having a business. Um, I spoke to uh, one of my high school friends, Alex Hamsey, um, about his business, him and his wife's business. Um, I spoke to Eleni Drakakis about changing careers. I spoke to Chris Lowe about setting up a business plan. And I also spoke to Vanessa Bennett about working from home with energy, which is normally what happens to most that go self-employed. They normally start off back at home. Um, And today I wanted to finish this mini series, if you want to call it that, uh, with, I guess, some of the steps that somebody should consider um, and also share some of my own personal experience moving from being an employee um, to being self-employed. Now, let me start off by saying that one of the biggest obstacles in moving from employment to self-employment is normally psychological, emotionally. It's emotionally based. It's it's in a way it's like taking that jump it's it's making that decision because sometimes not sometimes but most of the time somebody feels like they can do it but it's just that sometimes they can be nervous or scared um not sure if they're doing it properly fear of failure is probably one of the biggest things because in a way you're you're throwing something away to pursue something bigger um the the advantages of being self-employed are very obvious uh, many people do it to have more flexibility, to have work-life balance, to pursue something they may be very passionate about, um, to have more control, to be able to do more things, things that they may not have been able to do as an employee. So the advantages are very obvious, but the disadvantages are also the things that normally hold people back from from taking the jump. From personal experience, um, the best way to explain it is, or sorry, the, the best way I can put it is that you need to bet on yourself. You need to if you followed the right procedures, if you've done the right planning, if you've done your due diligence and you know exactly what's involved, it's just taking a bet on yourself and just doing it and having a plan B. Now, setting up a business today, I'm going to be talking about some primarily money tips. Um, there's a lot around the legalities of setting up a business um, from a tax perspective um, and even from a plain legal perspective. Um, ASIC have a first business app, which is amazing. Um, you can visit, if you visit ASIC, moneysmart.gov.au, which is ASIC's website, um, search for first business app. Um, app is A-double-P. Um, and there's literally an app that you can download. They talk about um, a business health check, so things to take to, to consider. Um, starting a business, there's a checklist there. There are case studies with things that can go wrong and how to avoid them. Um, and there's even a networking selection about how to develop your business network. So I would highly recommend it for anybody starting a business. Um, ASIC always provide really good resources around this through their Money Smart website. And it's definitely a good place to start 
to understand not just the money side of things, but uh, it's an overall picture as to what's involved. The big part that I wanted to talk about again is, is money and the best place to probably start is cash flow and managing your cash flow. So it's really important to understand, to, to do some sort of cash flow analysis on the business, to know initially how much you expect to be earning, how much you expect to be earning in six months, how much you expect to be earning in 12 months. Now, obviously no one has a crystal ball, there is no set figure, but if you can at least put together some sort of worst case scenario to know what to expect, um, A, it's a lot easier to manage your expectations, B, it's easier to track your performance, and C, it's a lot easier to plan for the cash shortfalls. And one of the best ways to understand what this cash shortfall is going to be is going to be to go through your expenses, to go and work out what you're spending at the moment per month. Um, If you listen to um, my episode on budgeting, um, that really helps. Um, It's called The B Word, um, and I think it's it's episode five, and that talks about budgeting structure. But it's essentially, if you could work out what your living costs are, how much you need just to get out of bed every morning and live your life, that is a really good place to start. So from food to bills to to, to literally everything. Know how much that figure is per week or per fortnight or per month. And that is going to be so powerful to you being able to manage your cash flow and to know what your shortfall is. If you have time to prepare your business, you know, to to prepare for the self-employment journey, using this figure and knowing what your shortfall is going to be will help you save up money. You know, so some people would like to have at least three months worth of savings. Uh, I mean, ideally you'd have 12 months worth. Because most businesses statistically don't produce any decent profit for a year or two. So if you can have at least minimum, I would say minimum, minimum three, probably six months, again, depending on your circumstance, you know, somebody that's single that can live off bread and water is probably fine with a couple of months worth of living costs. Um, A family with children may need at least a good 12 months worth of um, living expenses saved up because there's a lot more on the line and more people are going to go hungry if there's no food on the table. But have that cash flow, know how much you need. And that will give you some peace of mind um, with the business. Um, And it will also allow you to focus on the business and not just be stressing about money the whole time. Because the worst thing you can do is set up a business while being broke or really financially stressed because you're not going to perform anywhere near as well as you would if you didn't have to worry about money or even think about it. The other thing about cash flow is you need to know how much this business is going to cost you. And whether you borrow money for the business or whether you save up that part as well, that also is important to plan. And that all comes into the cash flow side of things. Now, from a budgeting perspective, um, and even from a tax perspective, um, it's really important to separate your wages and your business money. So have personal accounts, have a business account. Um, just to keep it simple, even if you just had a business account to start off with, apart from your personal budgeting, you at least have one place where all expenses are coming out of, all income is going into that. And in a way, even though you're self-employed, you're treating it as if you were separate to your business because that's how it should be treated, even from a tax perspective. So if you have an account for business purposes, it just means it's separate. It means that you can budget a lot more efficiently. Um, and I will can't emphasize that enough. The budgeting things more efficiently because you'll know what your personal bills are and business bills are. The other thing as well is it makes tax time a lot easier because you literally just need to go to your bills account and you'll be able to see exactly what your business expenses are instead of having to go through six different bank accounts or a credit card or whatever it may be to find all the different transactions. Um, depending on your business structure, you may need a couple of business accounts, one for bills and one's for spending, just like um, my episode when I talk about budgeting. Um, But the idea is just to have some sort of structure in place 
um, just to make it easier there. And another thing, and this is one of the biggest mistakes I see for those that do go self-employed, and I see this mistake even after they've been self-employed for, for years, is get a good accountant and talk to your accountant. So A, get a good accountant. And when I say good accountant, I mean somebody that is experienced in this in business and businesses and having you know business owners as their clients. And secondly, talk to your accountant because I know plenty of people that have an amazing accountant, but they just don't talk to them. <laughs> they don't get advice off them and they just assume they'll deal with it at the end of each financial year. And by then it's too late because it's, oh, I should have kept that receipt. Or, oh, I didn't know I could claim that, you know? Um, so talk to your accountant, find out what you can claim as a business, what you can't claim, what type of records you need to keep, the easiest way to keep those records. Um, and that will help you become a lot more efficient from that side of things because once you're earning the big bucks, you'll be kicking yourself if you haven't kept all your records and all your receipts to be able to claim your expenses. Because otherwise, you're going to be paying tax on money you probably shouldn't be paying tax on if you've got legitimate business expenses that you should be claiming. The other thing as well is to know how much money to put aside for tax purposes. Again, that's another really big one. And that's something that gets a lot of people, a lot of people where, you know, I've got clients where where I'd meet them for the first time and they just explained to me that they're earning really good money through their business, but they've got a $50,000 tax debt, you know, and that's because they've been earning money over the years, but they've accidentally spent money they should be putting aside for tax, you know, and then tax time comes around and they've suddenly got this ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 tax debt, if not more or less, and then they start paying that off while they're accumulating the tax debt for the next year and they're not saving that up because they're too busy using their money to pay their old tax debt off. And then that just accumulates and then it just has that big effect. So you don't want to owe the tax office money. You don't want to owe anyone money. Um, and I guess the tax office is probably, it's they're, they're probably a bit more lenient than some, than some organizations or, or some banks, but um, either way, you don't want to owe anyone money. Uh, let's just let's just agree on that. So if you could know how much you should be putting away for tax purposes, do it. Um, if you can work out a percentage, your accountant will tell you a good percentage to put away. Um, some like to just work off 30% um, and that way you're playing it safe, but it really depends on how much income you're earning as well during the year because it needs to be something that you can afford to do consistently. And yeah, there's nothing wrong with putting a little bit extra away. That way, when tax time comes around, you've got some money left over. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a free 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au. The other thing is GST. So a lot of people say, oh, do I need to be covered for GST? Um, and the answer that I have there for you is it depends. Now, an, a business that earns over $75,000 a year must be registered for GST. And then that means you need to start lodging business activity statements or BASs, they call them to report how much GST your business has collected and is claiming. And GST is a whole new ballgame because that's an extra tax that you need to account for when putting money aside. So for example, let's say a business is GST registered and they sell something for $110. $10 of that needs to go into an account purely for GST and then they need to pay tax on that $100. So, and that's again, and that may be a percentage of that that gets put away, for example, let's say 30%. So it's really important to, to factor that side of things in as well. And, and again, having that discussion with your accountant will really, really help um, on that side of things because you can then talk to your accountant and they'll be able to tell you the best way to approach it. The other thing is super contributions. So a lot of people will ask me, oh, I'm self-employed. I have to pay myself super. So 
in this situation, again, this is why it helps to talk to your accountant. It depends how the business gets set up and it depends on how you get set up in the business. But you don't always have to, there isn't always that compulsory super contribution that needs to be made. Um, But it is something that should not be forgotten because again, so many people are very successful in their businesses, but they have barely any super because it's something that they plan to do, but they just never did it. And fast forward 10 or 20 years later, they still have hardly any super, if any. So again, it's something to consider. It's something you should talk to your financial planner about and your accountant to work out the best way to approach things from that side of things. And then while we're on the topic of tax, something else that I wanted to emphasize is that you should also talk to your accountant about what type of record keeping you should do. You know, what, what should you just use an Excel document or should you use accounting software? Now, while accounting software is preferable, it's not always necessary. So again, having this discussion with your accountant will really help compared to literally just starting your business, kicking things off the ground, then talking to your accountant at tax time saying, okay, I'm ready to do my tax. Here's all my stuff. You know, um, if you're accountant talks to you from the beginning, they can tell you what their expectations are and what's in your best interest from a tax perspective um, and even from a legal perspective as to how you should manage things. The other thing is insurance. So having a plan B. Um, And again, in one of my last episodes, I talked about insurance and I focused mainly on life insurance, income protection, total permanent disability and trauma cover. So personal cover. Um, But there's also a few different types of insurances for businesses that may need to be considered. One of them is public liability insurance. So essentially, if something happens with the business, something goes wrong to protect yourself um, and your business and to be able to afford to compensate people um, for injuries or loss of goods or whether somebody needs to be or financial loss. Um, So these are things that you can talk to an insurance broker about um, or having a chat to your financial advisor or accountant may help as well. The other thing as well is when it comes to having a business, um, from a legal perspective, the um, the Money Smart app will really help. So the, the first business app, I believe it's available on Apple and Android because they will also talk about some of the legal requirements because if you have employees, um, that's a whole new ball game. If you're selling goods and services, there are different things that are involved there. Um, if you have food, you need to look at the, the requirements from a food safety perspective, whether it's with your local council or uh, whether it's on a state level. And the other part about it as well is if you're doing things online, there's the whole privacy side of things as well. You know, so so there is a bit to it. One should never get discouraged because there are some amazing resources out there um, for getting information on these things. But, and at the same time, nothing will beat professional advice as well. So, Um, In one of our last episodes with Alex, he talked about setting up his business, um, some of the mistakes he made and the, you know, and he stressed the importance of getting professional advice because I I could not agree more. Um, I'm one that hates paying for anything, you know, but if you can pay a professional to do something for you, sometimes it works out a lot cheaper than doing it yourself, stuffing it up and having to, you know, spend time and money fixing it. So the more professionals you see, the better. Um, There are plenty of people out there. I mean, I'll put my hand up and say that I'm one of them where if they can't help someone, they'll at least point them in the right direction. You see, when I have a client that comes to me for financial advice and for whatever reason they choose, they just explain to me that they're not in a position to get advice or 
you know, whatever the case may be, um, I at least point them in the right direction. I at least help them out. And many people are like that. So even if you can't afford professional advice initially, if you at least talk to someone and you're upfront with them and say, listen, I'm starting a business. Uh, my cash flow is terrible. I just want to get an idea as to what I need to worry about. And when should I come and see you? You know, and most people are normally pretty upfront and they're normally happy to help out. Uh, podcasts are an amazing place to start, but just like one of my first episodes, I talked about the risks um, of getting online advice. You know, the risks of getting advice from other people where their circumstance is completely different. Um, you know, in a way it's better than nothing, but at the same time it's not. So it is really important to seek professional advice when needed um, and when you can afford to do it. And all this will help you. Well, it will almost guarantee you success because if you've ticked your boxes, if you've crossed your T's, dotted your I's, you know, you're a lot less likely to make some monumental mistakes. Um, and, and just like having strategy for a person's personal finances, just like, you know, when I spoke to Chris Lowe about setting up a business plan, it's really important to be able to have strategy for your own business. So it's such an exciting journey. Um, it's very rewarding. Um, from my personal experience for me, um, I've been self-employed for quite a while, but taking a step has, has definitely, you know, moving from one type of role or from one business to another has never been never been easy. Um, you know, it's it's a matter of planning things, as I said to you. It's 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 a matter of knowing what to expect and having a plan B. You know, have a plan B where, you know, if in three months things don't work or if in a year things don't work, what am I going to do? You know, what's my backup? And, and the other things as well is setting yourself goals and timelines, thinking, okay, if this doesn't work within six months, I'm out. You know, if this doesn't work within 12 months, I'm out. If within 24 months, I haven't made X number of sales through my business, I'm out. Give yourself something there so that you know when to stop and that you have a you have something to measure things by. doesn't mean you have to stick to it because something might change in the environment or, you know, in the way you do things. And, you know, you don't want to give yourself a deadline that's just going to sort of waste all your effort. But at the same time, you sort of need to know at one point you sort of retreat and go back to plan B. And for somebody that has a wife and or husband and children, um, you know, that period is not going to be as long as it is for somebody that's young and single, for example, uh, young or single, I should say, that doesn't have many expenses or, you know, somebody that doesn't even have a mortgage. If you're listening to this episode and you're at any age and you have no mortgage, no partner, no children, I cannot explain to you how, you know, how vital this time is to be able to take risks because you can afford to take risks compared to somebody that has the mortgage, has the partner, has the children, you know, where there's a lot more riding on failure, you know, or there's a lot more riding on success, you know. Um, so, but, but saying that it's never too late for anyone, you know, you just need to be measured with your risk that you're taking. You just need to understand what you're getting yourself into and, you know, and betting on yourself is so important because again, emotional obstacles are probably the biggest and most powerful of the obstacles that stop somebody from being able to to go self-employed to have their own business but you know if you talk to anybody that has their own business most of the time they'll tell you it wasn't easy they'll tell you it was scary to make the jump they'll tell you initially they lost money they'll tell you initially they you know were living off bread and water you know for a period of time they'll tell you that things were tough but once you hit that period which statistically is two to three years once you hit that period you can then bear the fruit of all your hard efforts. So hopefully today has helped. Hopefully today has given you some insight into 
making the jump and becoming self-employed. And I hope you've enjoyed our last four episodes. Um, it's been an absolute journey and it's been so exciting talking to our guest speakers. I, I, again, I would just want to thank Eleni Drakakis, Alex Hamsey, Vanessa Bennett, and Chris Lowe for being part of these episodes. And if I can help in any way, if they can help in any way, we're all more than more than more than happy to, to, to be there and assist you in taking the journey into the big wide world of being self-employed. Thanks for joining us on Sharing More Than The Sheets. Please make sure you subscribe to be updated with future episode releases. Please visit us at sharingmorethanthesheets.com.au to submit questions or requests for future podcast topics. These podcasts have been brought to you by Better Financial Planning Australia. To book a 15-minute phone chat, visit betterfinancialplanning.com.au.